You are listening to the Real Happy Mom Podcast, the weekly podcast for busy working moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode 162. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast. Super excited to have you back again because today we have another awesome guest. Today we have Chelsea, who is the founder of Smart Mini Mamas on today, and she is going to be sharing some really awesome tips with helping us with teaching our kids about money. In particular, she shares with us some of the best ways that she's found to teach kids about money and also how our relationship can impact our kids' views on money. She also gives some really good tips on entrepreneurship and how we can teach our kids about being an entrepreneur because I always talk about how my oldest is my little Gary V and she gave me some really, really good tips that I know that you can use if you have a child that has that entrepreneurial spirit. So definitely stay tuned to this episode and stay tuned to the end because that's when she really shares some good stuff about entrepreneurship. But before we jump into this week's episode, I want you to definitely join me in the Real Happy Mom Facebook community. There we will talk a little bit more about what's going on in the podcast, as well as get some more of that inspiration and encouragement that you need throughout the week. The way to join is go over to realhappymom.com slash community so that you can join me there. That's realhappymom.com slash community. All right. Now that we have that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump on into this week's episode. All right. So we have Chelsea on the podcast today. Welcome to the podcast, Chelsea. Tony, and thanks for so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Yes, I am excited too, because this whole conversation about money and teaching the kids about money is one that we haven't had here on the podcast. So super Ooh. pumped to talk about that. Yes. So um, before we get into our topic for today, I just wanted you to share a little bit about you and what you do. Absolutely. So mamas, I am the founder of Smart Money Mamas, where we help moms build wealth in a way that feels really good to them and pass on positive generational money ideas to their kids. I'm a mom of two little boys, three and five, or as they would tell you, three and a half and five and a half. (laughs) My husband is a stay-at-home dad, and I've been doing this, uh, running Smart Money Mamas as my full-time job for about three and a half years, since George was born. So that that makes sense. Uh, But yeah, I just love what we do, love seeing moms really build that confidence with money. Yeah, yeah. And I and I love your your mission and what you are doing. Definitely something that we need, but I'm sure that you didn't always start out like this. So I was just wondering what got you to this point? Like what was your journey, especially when it comes to finances that that led you to where you are today? Absolutely. So I was a kid who was always really enamored with how money worked in the world. Um, when I was 13, I started reading my first like economics books by Milton Friedman and really getting into investing, trying to figure out how the money system worked. And so I knew I wanted to do something in the money realm for at least part of my career. I've also always been really pulled to teach and do those things. And so I knew it wouldn't be forever, but I wanted to go and kind of test my chops in investing. And so right after college, I went to Wall Street in New York. I worked uh, there for several years doing equity analysis, which basically means making recommendations on what people's uh, what stocks people should buy and sell. And then I moved on to a hedge fund. And so there I was managing a large portfolio of investments in what is called distressed debt. So companies that are about to go bankrupt. And while this was super intellectually stimulating, and in many ways I enjoyed it, it was not really giving back to the world in a way that I wanted. And it's work-life balance was 
awful, was just, just terrible. And so when my oldest was born, we started to look at what other avenues there could be, which is hard because I was the breadwinner, right? And so Wall Street hedge fund, we made great money. I think at that point when Henry was born, we were making mid six figures. Um, and so we had been planning that I wouldn't be there forever, but not to leave quite that soon. And so we started to think about what our what our bridges could be to get us to a different lifestyle. And so I started a blog as a hobby. In the meantime, I started answering mom's questions about money. I was in this mom's group of 250 other women who had their first baby the same month I had my first baby. And we'd been together since early pregnancy. And so I'd become their like money person. And so I started answering their questions on the blog and it grew from there. And so right before our second was born, I left uh, my job. We had a two-year runway of expenses. So we knew that we had some time to make the business work. Uh, and then, so we left right before George was born. Nice, nice. And I, I love that um, you said that you noticed that you weren't really given the way that you wanted to, or at least contributing the way that you wanted to. Because I think a lot of times we kind of get stuck on, you know, oh, this was my dream. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do and kind of have a hard time with pivoting. But I was just wondering, um, going back even into childhood, were there any things that like your parents were teaching you that you're like, yeah, like as you grew up, you learn like that's not really right when it comes to money. <laughs> Yeah. So there's a lot of things. So I had a father who idolized wealth. Um, he had, you know, some other issues. We're not in contact anymore, but uh, one of them was that he idolized wealth. And so for me, from a young age, something I took away was that I was going to be worthy of love and his attention, the more successful I was financially. And so acquiring money, hoarding money was something that really started to tie for me and money became a goal that was kind of an end in itself instead of a means to an end. And it took me a long time to unravel that. And what I mean by that, Tony Ann, is like, I made great money uh, early in my career. I prioritized that and how I chose the work that I did, but I still couldn't spend that money. Like in any even small way, I couldn't enjoy it because to me, any depleting of my bank account was giving up some of my success, some of my worthiness of attention and things like that. And so I had to unravel that over time. Uh, and then as I became an adult and I saw more through that behavior, um, I saw that my father in particular spent money to look like he was wealthy without actually being wealthy. And so once I was old enough to understand that he was in a lot of credit card debt, he didn't have the wealth that he kind of purported to love. And so there was a lot of things that I kind of had to unravel as I became an adult. Yeah. And the only reason why I really wanted to to tap into that is because I think a lot of times we don't realize um, some of the stories or some of the, the feelings or um, just different things that we tie to money just from growing up. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So thank you for sharing that with us, because for me, it was, um, you know, watching my parents who um, were immigrants come in and work their little butts mm. off. And I just thought like you had to work hard to to get money. And, and now I'm learning like some people don't work hard <laughs> and make lots of money. So it's these, it's these things that we learn over time, especially as kids. And that's why I think it's so important to have this conversation on how we can actually help our kids with learning about money and good and solid principles to teach them about money. So they don't grow up thinking, oh, I have to work up really hard and work long hours to make, you know, lots of money or to be successful or whatever the mm -hmm. case is. So I'm just wondering, what are some of the best ways that you have found to teach kids about money? 
Absolutely. So first of all, we all have stories from childhood about money. I want to just mention that research shows that some of our core money beliefs get set around age seven. And that's the age that we really start to see money in the world. We understand that we use it to buy things and, and, and such, but our brains are trying to create orders out of chaos. So when we see anything that is stressful for us or that is a big moment, we try to make a decision and we try to make this black and white decision. And then we look for proof of that in the world, just how our brains work at that age. And the more proof we look for that thought, whether it was contradictory, whether it was right or wrong, doesn't matter. Um, we build this whole pile of evidence that that thought is right. And that thought can be buried in there for decades, right? And so having to peel that back and really think about what lessons are we giving our kids from a young age. Now, if your kids are older, I just want to mention, I'm going to get into the strategies, but I just want people to understand if your kids 12, 13, 14, and you've never really talked to them about money, it does not mean that you cannot change those root beliefs. What it means is that instead of approaching your kid, like they're a clean slate, because you think I've never talked to them about money. They've never had to have a job. We can start from, from scratch. You have to understand that they do have some root beliefs about it already. And so you have to come to that conversation looking to understand what are their original instincts about money and how can we, if we need to, shift those things. And so the first thing is talking to your kids about money on a regular basis because it's just a part of life. And I don't mean sitting down and necessarily going through the budget or having big lectures about how investing works or how bank accounts work. Those things can be great. Uh, but in general, it's just mentioning how you make decisions in the moment, right? If you're in the grocery store and you're deciding between two things, explain to them how you're making that decision. One of my exercises we do with our boys to partially distract them in the grocery store and partially because it's amazing uh, is, is to say like, okay, we've got $20 for fruit this week you guys go pick the fruit and it lets them practice their math. It lets them think about what the opportunity cost is. Um, and they've noticed that if they get a crate of raspberries, they get you know a little crate and that's it. But if they go grab a bag of apples, they get a lot more fruit. And so they start to figure out what that cost benefit is. And that's a really good practice for them. Um, and so you just want to work it into your, uh, into your language. And you also want to think about the words that you're using, right? And so that's going to require you doing some own digging on what your money mindset is. But when they ask for something in your, the store, do you dismiss it, um, make it seem like it's frivolous or silly or stupid? Um, do you say you can't afford it? And these are some things that can start to build negative mentalities with money. So you just want to watch that language and instead choose things that are more problem-solving based and more values based. Yeah, I love all those examples that you just gave. And um, I'm sitting over here thinking because I'm really trying to work with my kids in particular, be just because I feel like me and my husband, sometimes we can be so different in how we view money and like how we talk about it in front of the kids. So I have been really conscious to make sure that I'm not saying like, oh, we don't have money. And I'm like, we do have money. We just don't want to spend it on that. You yes. know, like just being like careful on like how we say certain things. So I love how you brought up, you know, being careful about the words that you're using. But I'm just wondering, like in particular, like I used to hear growing up, like, you know, oh, money doesn't grow on trees or, oh, um, you know, we just can't do that because we don't have the money. Like, what would you say are some better ways of saying those kind of things without it having that negative connotation that, you know, oh, we don't have money. So we're just, you know, stuck and we're not going to be able to have anything kind of kind of feelings. 
That's a great question. So the first exercise I recommend all parents go through is to set your family money values. So we have a free workbook that can walk you through this. I'll send you the link, Tony Ann. But basically what you're doing is first you and your partner, if you have one, are talking through what are your money memories and money histories? What is your relationship to money? What do you want your money to do for you and as your family? Um, What are the things that are most important to you in the world? And the reason we have these conversations Um, And what lessons you want to teach your kids. That's really, really important. And then we have a one pager where you can summarize it and keep it all in one place. The reason it's important to have these conversations is because you and your partner are going to give your kids different messages, even when you do this exercise. But you and your partner want to agree on what are the base things you're teaching your kids and not teaching your kids. Um, And you want to be able to present that to your kids, maybe not with the full one pager if they're only four, five, six, but giving them pieces of that on a regular basis. So when a decision comes up where you're trying to decide whether to spend money on something or they're asking for something, you can always root it back to this common ground, right? Um, We are not saying no to this big Lego set. We're saying yes to family trip to Disney in the summer. And so this is what we have to prioritize right now. Um, saying that we're prioritizing different things in the budget right now is fine. Saying that you know we we only buy new gifts at holidays and Christmas uh, because we want to reduce waste. We, we have to figure out what that value is. And it can't be the first time your child hears it when they're asking for something, right? It, this has to be something that they're already familiar with. Like, oh yeah, mom and mom and mom, parents, whatever your family structure is. Um, they, they always say that. They always say that it's really important that we take family vacation. So it makes sense that we're prioritizing that. The other thing you can do though, is get their problem solving brain working. You can say, Hey, we're prioritizing different things in the budget right now, but you could find a way to earn this money. Can you think of any ways you could earn this money and start to get them kind of churning what those ideas are? Could they do extra bigger chores? Could they sell some of the toys that they don't use anymore? And really start to think of money, not as something that is hard, limited and scarce, but something that if they use their brains, they use their creativity, they could find ways to get the things that they most want. Yeah, I love all of that. And and you just got me thinking because I, I know for me, my biggest thing is I just don't want my kids growing up with that bad relationship with money or thinking, oh, money is bad, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So just really being um, careful, like I said, with the words. And I love how you've given those examples as far as brainstorming, because my eight-year-old, I call him my little Gary V because he is all about his coins. He does not play. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, bro. Like, I know you want to do this. Like, how are you going to get the money? And he will like trying to sell everything. But the thing is, it's like, I guess I'm like struggling right now. It's like teaching him value um, because uh, he'll get like some of his old old toys and be like, I'm going to sell this for $300. I'm like, no one's going to buy that son. Like it's not even worth $2. (laughs) Like let's bring that price down. So like trying to like, you know, teach them about value and, you know, even for them, because like they see toys and they're like, oh, mommy, I want it, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I love how you're saying, you know, getting them brainstorming and, and having them think about it because all they think is, oh, mommy and daddy have the money. Oh, let me just go ask them so they can give it to me. But I really have been pushing my son to, um, like I tell him all the time, like you want all these things, you need to get a job because you want too much (laughs) stuff. Um, But really just trying to get him to see like, you know, it's money. I'm not like an ATM that's just like throwing money out. You know, like we, sometimes we have to, you know, work to to get our money. Sometimes it's a gift, but um. (laughs) definitely trying to instill those values. But like you said, I think it's different for each family, like how the setup would look, but I love those examples that you brought up. 
Tony, and do you guys do allowance yet? I know your kids are five and eight. Yeah. So we just, um, I just started using, is it green light? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. I just started using green light. So, um, and for those who are listening who are like, what is she talking about? It's a really nice app that helps parents with um, automating um, their allowances. And then the kids can actually get a debit card. So they um, the money can go into their account and they can spend. It's really nice. And they can do investments and all sorts of stuff. But we just have the basic account, not trying to promo for them, but I'm just saying that's an option. Um, but we do um, allowances. I think I have him down for $10 a week. And then if he does extra things like for school, because he does not like school, <laughs> I will give him more to incentivize him to read more and things like that, which he doesn't. But I'm trying. <laughs> but yes, we do do allowances and use green light for that. Awesome. So some of those things can be really helpful is making sure that they always have a savings goal. So mm. Greenlight, I think, does encourage you to do the save, spend, give yes, sections, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, anyone who's listening, it's really helpful to have those allocations for your money. You want to teach your kids from a young age that money can do many things, that we don't just spend every dollar that comes in, that we save and that we give and bless others with that money, right? But saving, we have to keep age appropriate. And so sometimes parents think that saving needs to be for your kid's college fund or their first car. But if that's several, several years away, their brains aren't yet ready yet ready to think long-term. And so what we hear from adults who come into our community trying to hear money mindset, <laughs> solve money mindset issues, um, is that a lot of people whose parents forced saving in that way, that kind of long-term way, they've built this really negative relationship to saving, that saving is their money like disappearing, like somebody taking their money. And that's not what anybody wants. And so when it comes to saving with your kids, it's creating some kind of goal always. That's something that's reasonable for them, whether it's a couple months out, a year out, depending on how old they are and letting them build the grit to save for something. What we want them to learn is that saving gets them bigger and better things that they want. And so every time they reach a goal, you can set a slightly longer goal, start to stretch that ability to delay gratification. But with our kids, something that we do, Tony Ann, is every time they say they want something, like we're in the store, um, we've taught them that we should take a picture of it. Mom or dad will take a picture of it on their phone. They each have a little folder uh, in our Google folders. And so when they want to save for a new goal, they scroll through their pictures of what they've seen and they pick something. And what you'll see a lot of times, especially with our five and a half year old, is that we'll be scrolling through to pick a new goal. And he's like, you can delete that one. You can delete that one. And he figures out he doesn't really need them. And it's actually just the practice has meant that when we're in the aisle at Target, most of the time they don't even ask to get something anymore. They're just like, they might ask us to take a picture, but usually they kind of hold it, play with it, press the buttons for a minute and put it back and walk away. Um, but I think that's even a good thing for us as adults because I was <laughs> listening. I just finished Tony Robbins. Um, um, the, what, what is it? The money mastery. What money master a, the game? Yes. I just finished that. And I did the audio book because my boss, thank you to my boss who gave it to me. It's my birthday gift. That was like one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. Cause it mm-hmm. really broke down some financial myths and things like that, that I didn't even know about. Um, but in there, he was talking about, you know, this, um, one couple where the, the wife spends a lot and does a lot of things. So she did start doing that, taking a picture and, and showing it to her husband, but the husband, what he did was he would go and find a better deal. So he had, I think a week to find either a better deal or, um, or, or something. And if 
if he couldn't find it, then she could go ahead and purchase it. But I love doing that for the kids because my son, I promise, it's like every day he's showing me something. But now I will tell you this, Chelsea. Now what he is doing is um, he's gotten really smart because I have to watch them on my Amazon account. Um, because my little one has ordered things twice, $200 worth of twice. I have to watch him. I've returned it. So don't feel bad for me. Um, but it, it kind of scared me when things were showing up at my door that I didn't order. But anyways, um, what he does now is he puts things he wants in the wish list. So my wish list is stacked with all his blade blades. Cause that's what he's into right now. Mm-hmm. So it's filled with it. But I noticed, just like you said, when he went back into the wish list, he was like, Oh mommy, I don't want this one anymore. I have this driver now, so I don't need it. And I'm like, okay. Like I thought that was like the thing you had to have, but, um, I love, I love doing that. And I'm going to start doing that now, taking a picture and saving it. And then we're going to come up with a goal on how we're going to figure out how to yeah. get that money. Cause mommy can't buy everything. <laughs> well, so what we just, the last piece of that, that we do is once they cho- choose a goal. So right now, uh, my, my oldest is about three weeks away from reaching this goal for this giant, uh, Lego set. He's been saving for it since March, um, which is amazing. Uh, but what we do is we print a, a sheet. And so this one's Legos. And so for every dollar that this thing costs, there's a Lego block that he colors in as he goes. But at the top of the page is a picture of him holding that Lego set from when he saw it in the store. And so every week when we sit down to do allowance or he earns extra money and he's deciding where to put it, he sees him with the thing and he sees how much progress he's made, how many uh, Legos he's colored in, how much time he has to go. And that really helps him focus. Uh, Cause that's the other thing that we now see sometimes when we're in a store, we're scrolling Amazon where he's like, oh, that's really cool, but I really want my Ninjago Lego set more. So I'm going to wait for my my Lego set. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, definitely going to take that one too. I love it, love it, <laughs> love it, all of it. Because um, yes, I, and the thing is, it's like uh, that I've noticed is like, kids know a lot more than you think, especially when it comes yeah. to money. Um, and so like, sometimes like, even like my mom, she'll come over and she'll try to like, give my son a dollar. He's like, I don't want a dollar. Like I need $5. <laughs> like, <laughs> they know like, this is not gonna, you know, do a lot. So um, definitely making them see like, they can make progress is like a big one for me. Because like I said earlier, Chelsea, like, I really just want to make sure that they don't grow up with the negative beliefs about money or have a bad, um, bad relationship with money. I want them to be able to, you know, make money, spend money, give money, all the things and also save. Um, but I want them to do it smart. So I love these, these ways that you're bringing up here. Mm. And entrepreneurship is a really amazing thing to do that. You mentioned your oldest son being your little Gary V, um, not only to teach money lessons, uh, entrepreneurship is incredible, right? To teach budgeting, to teach profit, to teach how you can work smarter, to earn more money, all of those things. But entrepreneurship also teaches massive problem solving skills. Like what is being a business owner, but solving problem after problem after problem um, to make things work better. Uh, So problem solving, grit, the ability to prove to themselves that the things that they do can result in reaching big goals, right? That that adults can respect that the work that they do, that they can present their skills that they have, that they even have skills, right? And so entrepreneurship, even if your kid doesn't grow up and graduate college and become an entrepreneur, they have those skills. They have that creative thinking. They have that money knowledge. And so I love encouraging kids to start their own businesses, to find ways to earn money, um, whether it's, you know, selling old toys is kind of the beginning of that. Um, but going beyond the lemonade stand to what could you, what do you really love to do and how could we make it a way that you earn money? 
Yeah, yeah. And the, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was another big question that I had is about entrepreneurship and how as parents we can support our kids with that. Because um, I'll be honest with you, like, yeah, you know, Real Happy Mom has been that kind of um, venture, but I still have my nine to five. So I still like have something over here. This is not totally like what I'm depending on as far as paying the bills. So it's hard for me to teach my son that. And sometimes I find myself even discouraging him, which I'm like, I feel bad about later because I'm like, I shouldn't have did that. Probably should have let him try to sell his toy for $300 and see what happens. But I'm just wondering for the parents, like, are there any resources or tools that you have found that are helpful, especially for moms that are are like, I don't even know the first thing that, you know, we need to look at when it comes to starting a business. Sure. So we have a financial literacy activity pack for kids. Um, And it has in there a business plan for kids that walks through what do the parents need to know? What are the questions you should be asking your kids to kind of outline their business and really get them started? The one thing with your son, Tony Ann, is it's not necessarily trying to let him sell the toy for $300. You could do that. That's absolutely fine. What you could do is say, let's research what other toys like that are are selling for and show him how to pull up the Facebook marketplace app and search for the toy and say like, oh, all the other ones are selling for five to $7. And then he gets to decide two things. One, um, is selling this toy worth five to $7 for him? Um, Is he only thinking that he wants to sell it for 300 because he doesn't really want to part with it, but he would part with it for $300. So he gets to decide if he really wants to sell that toy. And if he does, then you can show him how to take pictures and put it on the app and like, make sure that you're you're in the right price range and all those kind of things. You can use it as learning opportunities uh, when they come to that place. But the first, you know, you always want to let them explore. And so ask them questions like, you know, well, what would you sell? Why would somebody want to buy that? Just don't give them the answer. Just ask them, why would somebody want to buy that? Um, what is the benefit of buying it from you and start to pull the things out? Who would your customer be? Who, who do you think, what kind of person would buy this? Like, is it another kid? Is it an adult? And let them think through kind of the base things we all do when we plan a business, but really let them kind of run with it and see what their answers are. One, they're super, super fun to listen to what their answers to these questions are. Uh, And two, you can start to get a sense of, is this something that they're just kind of saying in passing that they want to start as a business or are they really fascinated and they've thought about it and we should really help them get started? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just thinking about asking my son those questions. I can already hear the answers. Those are going to be fun. Um, But last one about um, entrepreneurship. So the other thing that I'm struggling with is, my kids are really into YouTube, like most kids are. And they see these YouTube, I call them YouTube stars, who are doing the, or YouTube celebrities, whatever you like to call them, who are out there and they're doing big things, got millions of views um, and making money, doing great things. And they're selling merchandise. So my son, of course, he wants a YouTube channel. Okay, son, fine. We'll set it up. Set it up. Now he's telling me he wants to sell merch. I'm like, bro, you don't even have any viewers. Like, how am I supposed to help him with that one, because I think he just sees other people doing it and is like, oh, yeah, I can do it, too. I'm going to sell a whole bunch of T-shirts for, you know, $20 and make a ton of money. Like, how can I redirect that into the right path? Because I feel like he's he has a good start, but it's just not there. 
I think first it's starting with the conversation, right? Uh, not necessarily saying to him, you don't have any views, uh, but saying to him, how do you think that channel sells so many t-shirts? Who's buying their t-shirts? And talk about that they have subscribers and that not every one of their subscribers buys a t-shirt, that actually a very small percentage of them do. And so you have to have subscribers. And maybe the, and then it, the next question is, how did they get those subscribers? Well, they've been posting two videos a week for three years. Okay. Are you willing to post two videos a week for a while and see how you're subscribers go. Uh, that's all fine. And then the last piece is let them explore ways that they could actually sell merch. There's actually print on demand services, which I'm sure you're, you're familiar with that have limited costs to get started, but, but sit down with them and say, Hey, to start your own merch thing, you know, we can go to Teespring, we can get you set up. You're going to have to pay this much money to have your account and this much money to do your design. If you can save that money up, I will let you set up a Teespring account. Right. And like, let him figure it out. I think that sometimes as parents, we don't want our kids to fail. So our inclination is to shut it down. Um, but sometimes what we can see is if we just let them get it out there, right? So he saves enough money. He gets his Teespring little page up. He's got his YouTube page up. He'll do one of two things. He'll either decide this is too hard and he'll pick another venture that maybe is more successful because that is also a lesson of being a young entrepreneur is learning to pivot and grow and scale. Or he'll get really fired up and he'll want to see that first t-shirt sale, right? And he'll start posting videos and he'll start telling his friends. And that's great. Either way is great. Um, but you got to got kind of let him figure it out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I I love all of that. And, and by the way, Chelsea, what he wanted to do is I, he knows I have a cricket and I can make the t-shirt. So he wants me to make it. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is, this is another, this is what I love. Okay. So now you can be like, here's how much the t-shirts are. Like we're going to go to michaels.com. We're going to figure out how much the t-shirts are. Here's how much the stuff is for mom's cricket. And here's how much it is for mom's time. Mom's going to give you a discount on her time because you're her kid, but this is the cost of a t-shirt and then see what his reaction is, right? <laughs> like, yes. um, teach him how the fact that things have costs and that it's not just free to sell this merch, that there's a process, um, that you have to pay your workers and all those kind of things. And so, um, yeah, it's always, it's always fun when they just expect us to do it for them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love it too. I'm like, really, sir? Like, really? <laughs> I guess I work for you too. <laughs> I have a business and a nine to five, sir. I'm I know. Right? So running your merch business. I'm just saying I got a couple of things to do, son, but yes, I love this. This has been really, really good. Great, great, great stuff that you've been sharing here. And I know that moms are listening, probably want more or want to know how we can connect. So please tell us how we can either connect with you or learn more of these, um, lessons that you're teaching us here about money. Absolutely. So we're at smartmoneymamas.com and we're at smartmoneymamas on all social media platforms. Absolutely come hang out. I spend way too much time on Instagram. You can always come DM me, ask your questions. Um, I hang out there, but this has just been wonderful. Yes, definitely. Really enjoyed it. And one question I always ask before I let you go is um, what words of encouragement or motivational quote do you have for us real happy moms? Ooh, um, one of my favorites is never forget how wildly enough you are.
I like, I like, love it. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Now all this that with does us. it for this, this episode. So good. And I really, podcast. really appreciate you. To find the links so much, the that Chelsea mentioned here today, head over to realhappymom.com slash 162. And if you haven't already, please leave me a five-star rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. In particular, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, this helps me out more than you know and gets the message out to other moms that this is a great podcast to listen to. Now that does it for today. I will be back again next week for another full episode. Take care and with lots of love.